0: We're not gonna to get today back. And you know, you can hustle and grind and hustle and grind and win the money game, but there's a lot of dudes that are gonna win the money game and they're gonna lose the life game. And uh, that's not something that I wanna do. I wanna ensure that I invest time wisely with my family and with my businesses, with myself, with my God.
1: Hey guys, it's KB, your host from Stroke of Success Podcast. Today's guest is very special to me. I came across his social media profile when I was in rehab for my stroke, and I was really out of it, and I and I started to follow him for that time. And a few things how this individual impacted me. First thing first, his book is called called How to Make Shit Happen. Really good book. I put a link in the bottom. I would strongly suggest you buy it. Number one. Number two, his brand. His apparel brand called Lions Not Sheep. It's more than just a fashion brand. It's about how we all should not be sheep. We should be lions. We should be leaders. We should not follow. We do what others want us to do. And he talks about great examples in this interview of mine with him of how that should not be the case. Number two, he talks about how he loves his kids, his wife, his mother. He's a great person. He talks about how tomorrow's not promised. Something I always talk about as well. Tomorrow's not promised. So spend the time today with your family. Tomorrow's not a promise to start the business today. Tomorrow's not a promise to do the best you can today. So with that being said, he's an author. He's a speaker. He's a CEO, founder of this amazing brand. Welcome Sean Whalen to this episode. Please take notes. He's impacted my life greatly. Make impact yours. I don't know. Check it out, guys. If you like the content, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel and share on social media. Thank you so much for your support. Love you. Let's go get it, guys.
0: Hi, uh, baby. Up in the I'm me, only uh, i
1: minute, Sean, you have no idea, man. Like you doing this for me right now, that's surreal for me. In the way
0: you. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to be here, man. And Thanks I know you're, you're
1: you're super busy, so uh, I know we'll make it fast and easy. Um, Sean, tell me. So I know about your story. I know I, I can probably read it backwards, but I want to hear from your mouth. So you was raised by a single mom. Yeah. Okay. How was that situation?
0: Oh, I mean, it was uh, it was. I look back at it now and it was a great experience in my life. It taught me a lot. My mom's my hero. My mom, uh, taught me uh, a lot of fortitude. She taught me a lot of tenacity and, uh, I wouldn't trade my upbringing. I wouldn't trade my childhood for anything.
1: Okay. Did entrepreneurship come at an early age? I mean, how did you, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I became an entrepreneur. I mean, ever since I can remember, I was a little kid who would run around and, and hustle the neighbors to, uh, to mow the grass. You know, I'd get all my neighbors to pay me five bucks when I was a kid to mow their grass and I'd pay my friends a couple bucks. And we all had ice cream uh, money when the ice cream man rolled around. So, you know, I, ever since I was a little kid, I always remember just being a hustler. Um, I had a quote unquote real job for a couple years in my, my uh, early 20s. And uh, about 22 years old, I just, I, I quit and uh, never looked back. So I've been self-employed building my own companies building my own businesses for the last uh you know 25 years
1: okay how old were you when you got married
0: when i got married
1: first one first oh, shit. marriage
0: uh twenty what what 22.
1: okay and so three kids right
0: got uh, three i have five kids now
1: what with, with her the your first marriage you had three right
0: no three kids three kids three kids in my first
1: marriage okay so I know you're doing really well. I think you're doing a real estate investment situation, right? That game
0: you were doing a bunch uh, of. different I'm things investing now. in a lot of different things right now.
1: But back then, I'm going back. I'm going back timeline when you got first got oh, married. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, did a lot of real estate. Yep, did a lot of real estate. Yeah,
1: and you killed it. Um, something happened. You weren't unhappy. Yep. Can you share about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I realized that I'd lived most of my life as a sheep. That I did what I was told to do. I said what I was told to say. And uh, I realized that I'd never actually figured out why I was doing anything that I was doing. Um, I never really established myself, who I was, you know, what I stood for. Um, I lived in um, a lot of people's shoes. And uh, and when I was about 31 years old, I decided to kind of burn my entire world to the ground. I left my marriage. I left my businesses and uh, spent a couple of years trying to figure out why I was even here, why I was even on this earth. So it was a it was an interesting time.
1: Okay. So you got divorced, right? You walked out. Got
0: divorced. Yeah.
1: Um, therapy? Any therapy, or I mean, what what, what was the situation like?
0: Oh, dude, I, I've I've had coaches and therapists and counselors and and people for years. Uh, I mean, that's something that I, I still have coaches. I have a bunch of coaches. Uh, so uh, yeah, absolutely.
1: There's, a, there's this thing, part of your story I heard and read about much. I hear have you talk about it? The the gun and you're mm-hmm. ready to do a suicide talk about that a little bit what what happened and
0: yeah you know it's uh I found myself after my divorce very confused I was very angry uh I, I was angry at the world I was angry at my ex-wife I was angry at the market I was angry at myself and uh, I, I one night after my divorce I realized uh I had this thought process that maybe I just fucked everything up maybe I was totally wrong maybe you know I, I all of these things that were going on that I blamed everybody for was you know my issue, my fault, my problem and it was just in a really really dark place and uh, one night I contemplated taking my own life and uh, I, I had a, a bunch to drink and and God bless uh, God bless the man upstairs. I woke up the next morning and I and I didn't take my life and uh, I decided from that moment on that I wanted to live. And I wasn't sure who I was, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be, but I I knew that I didn't want to die, and uh, and that kind of became the the tipping point for me, and and what started what you now see with Lions Not Sheep and this you know huge social media following and uh, you know really my rebirth, if you will.
1: Sean, um, you're a Mormon, right? You're born as a Mormon. Uh...
0: I was Catholic for 17 years. I joined the Mormon Church. Uh, I was in the Mormon church for quite a while, and uh, about eight years ago, give or take, uh, I stepped away from organized religion. So I uh, absolutely support you know what everybody chooses to do, whatever church they choose to go to. Uh, but as of right now, I'm I'm an, an incredibly spiritual individual, but uh, I don't subscribe to any one particular denomination.
1: Yeah, I was watching your interview one time recently, where you were talking about You looked into Islam and uh, and the Quran and the the Hindu uh, book. I forgot what it's called. Um, How was that journey that you looked into all of them and you're like, you know what? That's not me. It's you, God directly, right? That's what you talk about.
0: Yeah. You know, I just, I've got a a copy of the Bible. I've got a copy of the Bhagavad Gita, the Book of Mormon, the the Quran. You know, I've studied with so many different people. I've met so many amazing people. I was an ordained minister for two years. Um, you know, and, and it wasn't a, this isn't my thing or that thing. It just, I, I went on a journey, you know, Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, uh, those who are Christian who believe in the Bible, right. you know, and what did he do? Where did he go? Why did he go do that? And I found myself, uh, a number of years ago, very, very, very religious. I was subscribing to a denomination and a way of being and a way of thinking, but I had never actually established that. So I realized, you know, I, if, if Jesus went out into the wilderness, Uh, I should probably do the same thing. And so I chose to go out into the wilderness and and have been on that journey ever since. And, and like I said, I, I love, I love, um, I love religion. I love the idea of it. It's just not for me. And I think religion is a very, very beautiful thing for people that need it. Um, And I found myself um, not needing uh, to be told what to do and what to say and what to read. I found myself very, very, very uh, much, um, aligned with building a relationship with God, and that's the journey that I've been on, and the journey that I'm I'm, I'm on today.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I I love that story, and I I relate to you very much. And you know, I'm born Muslim, but I I don't naturally feel same. I'm same like you I have a connection with my God, and between me and my God, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, Sean, I'm sorry. I, I love timeline. So like, divorce happened, the gun thing, situation happened. You're good now. Like, how old were you? Like, thirty five, thirty two at that time. Like. When you're ready to go, uh, I was in my early
0: 30s. Early okay. 30s, yeah, 31,
1: Bank- 32, 33. Bankruptcy. I heard. I mean, it's a, you went to hell, hell, right? I burned, I burned my whole world to the ground.
0: I left my marriage. I went ba- I went, I got divorced. I went bankrupt. I literally walked away from everything. So I lost 12 half million dollars when the market went sideways in 2008. And you know, I, I just basically walked away from life. I walked away from everything.
1: How did, there was one post I think that you did on social media that changed the social media game for you, right? Am I correct? Talk about that. What happened with that?
0: Uh, I just, uh, after my divorce, I was a really nasty divorce and my ex-wife and I did not get along. And uh, I mean, it was a really, really, really ugly situation. And and, uh, I spent a couple of years trying to rectify that and become a different man and a better man. And, you know, I had a lot of, anger that, that i realized was really not directed at her it was just internally with me and so i started to kind of build this new relationship and then one day um, i was picking up my kids from her house and uh, she had gotten remarried and had a new baby and uh, i ended up going inside my kids were like dad come see the baby and i'm like no you know let's go like i don't really get along that well with mom yet we're just we're, baby steps you know and long story short i ended up going into the house and we, we talked. And it was the first time in a couple of years that we had really been face to face. And I my, my sweet daughter brought the baby over and I was holding her new baby. And I just took the selfie picture. And uh, that night I just wrote my feelings. I wrote my truth. I did for the first time what I had never done before on social media. And I just told the truth. I just told people how angry and bitter I was in my divorce and how, you know, most people would never realize how difficult the situation was and, and how me sitting here holding her baby was like such an incredible experience for me. And, uh, you know, I, I went to bed that night and I woke up and, and for the next 14 days, that post had 10,000 or more likes per hour to reach tens of millions of people. It truly went viral. I went from having about 200 friends on Facebook to, um, over 30,000 followers inside of two weeks, which was pretty incredible. So that was the, the real tipping point where kind of social media kicked off for me.
1: John, vulnerability, man. Like, I've am shared my story with you via DMs. I had a bad stroke, almost died. And then uh, I share my story quite often. And some men look at me like, yo, what's wrong with you, dude? Like, you're being a pussy. Like, shut up, man. Like, don't don't share your vulnerability. You're not a real man, right? You talk about that quite a bit. You want to share some of th- your thoughts about that? How, how oh, I know? mean, anybody who
0: says that to you is, a, is an idiot. I mean, yep. you know, the the one of the most powerful things that you can do is tell the truth. And the reality is most people don't realize that, that truth is vulnerable. And truth isn't always pretty. And truth always doesn't look good and sound good and smell good. Sometimes truth is gnarly. Sometimes truth is dark. Sometimes truth is uh, uh, is not socially acceptable, but it's still truth. And so I found uh, after I wrote that first post with literally millions of people engaging with it, I was like, you know, what, what the hell? Why did people like this? Why did this go viral? And I realized it was because I, it was my honesty. It was truth. It was dark. You know what I mean? There's not very many men who come out and talk about their darkness online. You know, we just beat our chest and we're men and we just man up. And I realized something. I was like, well, shit, if if, if that's number one, you know, what helps me feel better, which it did. And number two, helps me connect with more people. Then I'm just going to keep doing this. And I did. And I just kept sharing and sharing and sharing. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of people have. Um, vulnerability mistaken. They have it backwards. They think that it's this sign of weakness and it's this thing to be afraid of, and it's actually the exact opposite. It's one of the most powerful things that you can do. Um and it's one of the most noble things that you can do. So it's like I always tell people in my coaching business is if you want to grow your business, if you want to grow your relationship, you want to grow anything, the, the very best thing you can do is be vulnerable. Tell the truth,
1: John, I was there at the MDM event last year. I was trying to kind of sneak into uh, VIP backstage. And uh, with the Sean, uh, Ryan Steumann's event last year, I saw you, uh, amazing event you did. Um, you talked about some good stuff, like in the sense where um we don't make much time for our kids and tomorrow is not promised, right? And my story is, it's a, it's, it's, that's a testament to that. Talk about that. Like, how do you balance running multiple nine-figure businesses all over? You're um, just badass guy on social media, beautiful wife. You have five kids now. like How do you do that, man?
0: Easily. It's not hard, man. You just have to, you know, the same intensity I invest in my businesses with, I invest in my relationship where I invest in, in my kids, you know, and, and a lot of guys have this game wrong. We're in this game of competition and we're trying to beat everybody. and We're trying to show up on social media, you know, looking this way or acting like this way. And, and we've got a lot of this shit backwards, man. I mean, it's not, you know, our, our, our wives are not wanting us to take them on 10 hour date nights, you know, every day. They get sick of us, you know what I'm saying? But when you're on date night, which most dudes don't even do date night, you know what I mean? But it's like when you're on date night and you're on your phone the whole time, talking to work and talking to the people and whatever else, you know, you're not present, you're not there. So for me, it's like when I'm on date night, I don't give a shit if if the building catches on fire. If my office catches on fire, somebody's going to call 911. What the fuck am I going to do about it? I don't have anything to do with it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when I'm playing with my kids, if 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 a question needs to be asked at the office, I should have people there that can just answer basic fucking questions. And if, and if it's a, and it's a huge deal, then it can wait until I'm done. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm being, I'm being serious about this and I, I, I don't uh, you know, I've been known to be on podcasts and my kids will call on FaceTime and I've never, I've never pushed the red button. I, I answer it. So it's like at the end of the day, man, like we're, we're not going to get today back no. and you know, you can hustle and grind and hustle and grind and win the money game. But there's a lot of dudes that are going to win the money game and they're going to lose the life game. And uh, that's not something that I want to do. I want to ensure that, uh, you know, I invest time wisely with my family, and with my businesses, with myself, with my God. And uh, that's something I'm ruthlessly committed to. It's really not that hard. A lot of guys think it's really hard. It's really not that hard.
1: I mean, Sean, you. You're one of the rarest influencers, I would say, who is successful. Again, badass on social media that does not promote the grinding culture. You know everyone's grinding on social media, right? And, and you know, and, uh, 24/7, no, no, no balance and stuff. But I mean, the way you break it down is amazing. Sean, sure, let's talk about the brand. The brand that I fell in love with, um, I'm still in love with. Like, how, how did it come come about?
0: Uh, in the middle of that kind of meltdown back in the day, uh, it just came to me one day. It just popped in my brain and uh i think god puts things in our brain for a very specific reason and it wouldn't leave my brain i just kept thinking about it thinking about it thinking about it and uh, i ended up writing on my bathroom mirror and it just be- became my mantra you know lions not sheep it just it, i truly from a very simple state it, it wasn't an apparel company it wasn't a coaching company it was just this mantra that came in my brain that i would read every single time i went through my went into my bathroom i'd read it on the mirror and and it was like my own personal declaration like all right I got a choice to be a lion or a sheep today. I spent most of my life as a sheep. So I'm going to choose to do something different today. And uh, it evolved over the years. And 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 I ended up making a t-shirt one day, you know, years ago. And somebody saw it, saw me wearing it on Facebook. And they're like, yo, man, that's a dope shirt. Where'd you get it? And I'm like, I made it. And they're like, well, how do I get one? I'm like, I don't fucking know. So I called my buddy who made, made the shirt. And I said, hey, some dude wants to buy the shirt. And, you know, fast forward uh, years later, here we are.
1: That's amazing. Tell tell me about the how how fast the Bristol business grew. So COVID was a pillar for you guys, right? COVID, you guys went like ten x.
0: Yeah, no, I I didn't really start selling the apparel officially until 2020. Um, prior to that, it was just all organic. You know, my mom worked for me for a couple of years. She retired, and uh, she came and worked for me. And and you know, we'd have one or two orders a day that would just come in organically. Like it was just a a really simple Shopify store and. I didn't run ads. I didn't spend any money, um, you know, pushing the company was just, it was 100% organic. Um, and, you know, we, we maybe did, you know, a thousand dollars a month in sales total, you know? And, and so uh, in 2020, I, I realized that the brand was growing, the, the business was growing, the the tribe was growing. And I was like, I want to start the apparel company. And so, uh, you know, we went from, you know, May, May of 2020 is when we, when we started launching our first ads, and uh, that November, we had our first million-dollar month. So I mean, it grew. It grew from basically a thousand dollars a month to a million dollars a month uh, in about six months. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a roller coaster ever since. But it was. Uh, it's been. It's been quite a ride.
1: You guys changed locations recently. You got a huge warehouse.
0: We did. We did. Yeah. I think I bit off more than I can chew, but as the saying goes, you got to bite off more than you can chew it and then figure out how to chew it. So we got a huge warehouse now, and uh, trying to make some moves with the company and scale it and grow it. But uh, it's been a it's been a fun challenge.
1: That's amazing. I'm gonna come see it, Sean, one day when you, when you're free. A year later, I'm not bothering you anymore. I've been bothering you for six months, man. <laughs> you know, thank you for your patience, man. But I want to come see it in person and maybe make a behind the scenes video if it's okay with you cool. down the road. Um, question: Your daily habit what um, your daily routine is it is it a set routine do you eat the same thing every single day like most entrepreneurs do or you- no
0: no I don't I mean I have a morning routine um and that's the one thing that's constant I work out every morning I study every morning I pray every morning and uh, I journal every morning and that's something that's uh, that's very very constant but my days are crazy man like I, I I enjoy it that way I really do enjoy being busy I enjoy having a lot going on um it's stuff that I choose to have going on so it's not a you know, I hate my days, and I'm just busy doing shit I don't like. You know, I've, I've got multiple companies that I'm running, and and uh, and I've got great partners, and and it's it's really fun. So, uh, my morning routine, though, is very very important to me and very specific to me. But uh, other than that, it's kind of a Handle the business for the day and, and have some fun along the way.
1: Do you believe in the law of attraction, Sean? You know what you think about, what you visualize about, you bring about. People think just-
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, James Allen wrote my favorite book, uh, "As a Man Thinketh," yes. and he talks about how the, the the mind is a garden. You know, and whatever you plant in there, it's going to grow. So you if,
1: you, if you're putting
0: shit in your mind, and you're going to get shit out of it. And if you're planting good seeds, you're going to get you know good fruit. So I definitely believe in that. Awesome.
1: Um. Last question, Sean. Um. We have so much to ask you, Benny. You're busy. Um, last, and, last but not least, you have the group, the coaching group. That has, that has that's exploded in many ways, right? I mean, how, tell me, how where was the beginning? How big was it then and how big is it now?
0: Uh, I started the Lions Den, which is my coaching group, about nine and a half years ago, um, obviously with one person. And uh, we have uh, had just under 30,000, 29,700 and something um, People that have joined our coaching group uh, over the last nine and a half years, and it's been it's been an incredible experience. It's truly been one of the highlights of of what I've done uh, professionally. And uh, we're getting ready to um, kind of go into our Lions Den 2.0. I I announced earlier this year in January, um, and we have thousands of members all over the world. Uh, I announced in January that I was going to be closing it down and uh, it kind of sent me in a, in a tailspin. God told me that, hey, you're supposed to close this thing down, and I've spent the last five months kind of going back and forth with God, trying to figure out what that meant and what to do, and, and um, you know, essentially, I, I had to, to kill off what was in order for what needed to be to be born, and so uh, I've seen clearly here in the last uh, last couple of weeks, you know, where where we're supposed to go and, and what the future looks like for you know, our coaching group and for uh, all of the things that we're doing, you know, not only myself, but my wife and I together. and um, I couldn't be more excited, but it's it's a really, really powerful group for people who want more. A lot of people ask me, you know, what does it do? Can it help me da, da, da. It's like, look, if you want more, it's for you. And that's really what the premise of the Lions Den is is showing people what's possible. I didn't know what was possible. I don't have any rich family. I mean, I, I grew up in a single parent home. There's no millionaires in my family none as far back as we can trace our ancestors to ireland you know i'm the first millionaire in my family so it's like i want more you know i want more out of life and and i've built a really incredible life and so i look at kind of what we do with the coaching group and i just tell people look man it doesn't matter if you like the things that I like, or if you, you know, I drive a Lamborghini every day, and if you don't like Lamborghinis, that's totally fine. But the reality is, if you want more out of life, this is what we do together, and so it's it's a really powerful group of people that are constantly pushing each other for more to make to get in better shape, to 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 make more money, to have more mental clarity, to have deeply rooted relationships. Uh, that's something that uh, that my wife and I are very, very very passionate about right now. Is you know not not saying hey our relationship is the best and and worthy this is our way and you should do it but it's like look man if you're a couple and you want a deeper relationship whatever that means to you sure. you know let's have a conversation let's see if we can if we can open up your eyes or open up your heart a little bit more and and that's something that I think is really powerful nowadays is is there's a lot of people that are just stuck they're stuck in their income. They're stuck in their way of being. They're like frozen in fear. That's not how we're supposed to be living. And so I welcome those people. I invite those people in, like, join us, man. Like look at different things differently. See, see a different perspective. Open your eyes up to something that you might not see. And uh and and you know, join us.
1: Um, Sean, you go on you go online. there's a bunch of blogs talk about you in a negative way, a lot of stuff. Social media, your posts, people put stupid comments on all over, right? Oh yeah. People think of me like, dude, like you're, you're selling out. Like you're going with Sean. Sean is a freaking racist. I know you. I've been following your band for five years now, my friend. You're far from being a racist. The furthest thing, uh, south. Um, How does that make you feel, man? Like you're this uh, awesome person, man. You have your family. You take care of your family, your wife, your kids. You, you're, you're an entrepreneur. You're giving back to society. Yeah. And people talk so much shit. Like how did that make you feel? Yeah,
0: I, I, I literally, it, the people that don't know me have the most to say. And that's really the beautiful thing about life is, you know, you got two choices, get to know the man or just talk shit about the man. And uh, I, I really, I, it used to bother me a lot because I really wanted people to see me differently. And I realized like anybody who doesn't know another human being who labels them something, it, it says a lot about them. It, ta- it says a lot about their scarcity mentality and how afraid they are. At the end of the day, like I tell people, like, I don't have, I don't have haters. I don't have trolls. I just, I just have fans. And these people are fans like if you're going to take I'll leave it at this. If you're going to take your time from your day to talk about me, whether it's to leave a nasty comment, whether it's to write a blog post, whether it's to fucking create. I mean, there's hundreds of fake profiles around me. If you take the time to set up a fake Instagram profile just to talk shit about me, like you're a fan, like you're, you're very, very, very much in love with me and what I'm doing and why I'm doing it is the truth of the matter is if I was irrelevant to you, and I didn't mean anything to you, then you wouldn't be talking about me. Hundred percent. And so that's kind of something that I, I, I very much appreciate is like, if, you know, one of my favorite quotes is the only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. And so it's like if people are talking about me, doesn't really matter what they're fucking saying. Sure. I'm winning.
1: Last and last last but not least question, politics. If you mind me, yeah. can we go there? Sure. Um, you're a pro Trump guy. Yeah, you you ain't got me to become Trump guy. Um, you know, what's the future looking like? for us now, uh, Sean?
0: Let me tell you why I like Trump. And, and it's not necessarily because of the morals of the man or this, that, or the other. The reason that I, I mean, I know Trump personally. I, I've known the family. I did a real estate deal years and years and years ago. Um, you know, and, and he's like your crazy uncle. You know, he's fun to be around He's fun to talk. And you kind of can't not stop watching. And the guy who knows what he's going to say. I, I resonate with that. I'm very much like that. You never know what the fuck's going to come out of my mouth, kind of a deal. But the reason that I like Trump from a political standpoint is because he's radically different. Um, you know, and 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 he's proven over the last couple of years that there's a lot of decisions that he made that I didn't agree with. You know, during the during the whole uh, scam demic bullshit. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I'm I'm very much a proponent proponent of change. I'm very much a proponent of revolution. I'm very much a proponent of 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 people questioning why they are the way that they are, why they're doing what they're doing. And Trump really invoked that in our political system. You know, we. He, he's the same, you know, old white guy that we've had for years and years and years and years. We had Obama for a, a hot minute there. But like at the end of the day, like he's just he, he's he's somebody that brought something different to the table. And, and that's what I really liked about him is he just shook things up. And I truly believe that, you know, our country needs that. We need to be woken up. We need to be shaken up a little bit. Like we need to have kind of the old crazy uncle, you know, you lip off to him and he ain't afraid to smack you in the mouth. Like that's how I was raised. I was raised that way if I lipped off to somebody, we, we were fighting. That's just how it is. And nowadays kids are, you know, thinking that, that they can identify as a fucking fire hydrant and an umbrella. And it's like, no, dude, you know what I'm saying? Little kids shouldn't be cutting their dicks off and having these conversations and stuff. So I definitely think that, uh, that there's a there's a, a really interesting aspect to him uh, in the political game, and it's simply because he shakes things up. I definitely think that he uh, that he truly does love the country. I think that he plays the game of politics much like very like all the other politicians. Um, but if 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 I'm going to go to you know put somebody in in it charge to take care of the country from a global stance. I want our country to be respected. Our country ain't respected right now. I want somebody who looks at securing our borders and taking care of our families from that security standpoint. That's it. I don't need you involved in my bank account and my businesses and shit like that. But you know, at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, you, you can handle your family and I can handle my family and a black guy, a white guy, a gay guy, a straight guy. We Leave us alone, man. Let us make our money. Let us do our deal. Let us freaking raise our families however the hell we want to raise them. And I think the government should just basically ensure that, you know, our, our, our foreign interests are taken care of and we don't have fucking people bombing us and trying to take over our country every single day. We're pretty smart people. You know what I'm saying? So I'm very much a proponent a proponent of anybody who wants to get the government out of my pockets and out of my life and out of my kids' lives and and, and out of your life, you know? And so uh, I think that uh, that shaking things up and questioning things, you know, is a really, really powerful thing. In fact, I'll, I'll just share this with you. I saw this earlier Please. today and you'll appreciate this. Uh, I got to find it. But it's this, I don't like memes nor- normally, but this was a really funny one that I saw. I don't know if okay. you can see it, but it's basically there's two dudes that look like George Washington. And it says the national debt in 1960 was 286 billion the national debt in 2023 is 31.4 trillion right or and then the, and it says are our roads better how about healthcare? are our streets safer did we improve our schools is it easier to raise a family and then it says at the bottom what the hell did they do with that 31.1 trillion dollars You really stop and think about it it's very true you know 1960 to 2023 we still have, uh, we, we haven't really evolved that much other than having cell phones and fucking uh, social media. Sure. Our roads are still shitty. Our healthcare is still shitty. Our schools are still shitty. Yet $31 trillion. Where is it going? What's happening? So for me, that's where I'm at with politics. You know, I think that, uh, I think we're in a really beautiful time. I think 2024 is going to be an amazing year and it's going to be really fun to see what happens. But, um, you know, I tell people. The same thing all the time. No politician is going to save you. It doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter who the congressmen and the senators are. Like, get your damn house in order. You as a man, you as a woman listening to this, get your damn house in order. Emotionally, psychologically, physically, and financially. So long as you have that, doesn't fucking matter who's sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue.
1: Yeah. Sean, one last one. People, uh, one of my friends asked me to ask you a question. Are you really for violence? You have- Am I what? Are you for violence to have you know violent times? A lot of you. Am I for it?
0: violence? Yes. I, I love violence. I think violence is great. I think violence is the great equalizer. I, I, we did a shirt a long time ago that said "Give violence a chance." Like yes. I believe, I believe that uh, that we are the way that we are today because we started eliminating the physicality of, of of human beings. Because at the end of the day, when I how I was raised is if you talk back to me, if we had words, we we smacked each other. That's what it was. We threw our backpacks down and we threw down and the end of the day, that's how we handled our problems. And nowadays, you, you call Congress and Senate and the police and your mommy and your daddy and kids don't know how to solve shit. I think violence is without question a deeply rooted thing inside of every man's DNA. And if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, just ask yourself, if someone broke in your house tonight to rape your family, what would you do? And if you don't think that you would stab them, cut them, throw a light at, at them, if you wouldn't try everything, including becoming radically violent, to stop them, you're a fucking liar. And so inside of us is that. So I choose to do what Jordan Peterson talks about. I choose to become a violent man. I choose to, to learn how to defend myself. I learn how to fight. I I, I train in spar fighting and, and MMA and boxing uh, every single week. And it's something that I'm very much an advocate of. But I, I choose to harness it. I choose to be a man of peace. And the reason that I'm a man of peace is because I know that nine out of ten times, if you fuck with me, I'm going to handle my shit. And, and and that's something that I believe in. My home is heavily armed and I'm very public about that. So it's like, if you choose to break into my home, don't be surprised that you're met with violence. So I, uh, I think the more that we talk about that and the more that we actually talk about what's real instead of this airy, fairy, fluffy land of we should just all love each other and sing Kumbaya, evil has always been on this earth and it will always be on this earth. As long as there is mankind on this earth evil will exist and if evil exists then there must be a counterbalance for that and it and it will take violent men to beat that evil and you know at the end of the day if, if you don't like that then the next time somebody tries to rob you steal you rape you break into your home don't call nine one one. then Hang because yourself. what you're doing is you're asking men to come to your rescue and do violent things to protect you yeah so yeah i believe in violence and i think it's a uh it's very much a needed aspect of our uh, of our life and of our culture.
1: Sean, you never talk about Andrew Tate on your social media. I never heard you talk about him. Any thoughts about him?
0: I don't agree with everything that he says, but I think that a majority of what he says is dead on accurate. He, he very much is a proponent of men becoming men, handling your shit, becoming very wealthy. A lot of people complain about wealth. They complain about the wealthy. Why? At the end of the day, you got two choices, bitch and moan about the wealthy or become wealthy. I can tell you single-handedly, I've been broke and I've been and I've had a lot of money and I very much like having money more than I do being broke. I have a lot more friends. I have a lot more possibilities when I have money. And so, uh, you know, I like a lot of the things Andrew Tate says. I think that Andrew Tate is also a brilliant marketer. I mean, you know, from my understanding, he's got kids and and I don't know how the, his whole personal shit works because I don't know the man. But um, I, I would say that 95 percent of the stuff that he says, I agree with. That's awesome,
1: Sean. I would love. I'll keep. I would love to keep going and doing this, but I know you have a multi. Uh... Yeah, we'll do
0: another. We'll do another episode here down the road at some point, in time, please, my friend.
1: Sean, face to face, and please, I want to talk to you. I want to get the energy, Sean. Uh, are you speaking anywhere live anytime soon?
0: Um, uh, not really. No, I have i uh, uh, I'm going to be speaking at my friend Mark Evans' birthday party uh, uh-huh. in Ohio uh, later in the summer, and then I've got my event coming up in uh, in September. Den. Uh, yeah. So,
1: can can I come to? You have to be a member to come to that, right? September. That'll be a member. We're going to be opening
0: it up uh, next week. It's going to be available again. I'm going to be pushing it out there to the marketplace. And and every single person listening to this, you should be a member of the Lions. Then.
1: Absolutely, Sean. Love you. You're amazing. Thank you. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, man. We'll be in touch, man. God bless. Bye, man. Thanks.